everyone, and welcome to Talk with a Doc, the show where we bring your questions to Providence medical experts for insight and information. I'm your host, Mary Arnoff, and here with me today is Marianne Dunlap, an adult medicine nurse practitioner at Providence Medical Group in Oregon. And today we're taking on health myths, and we're getting her expert answer to some of your big questions. Remember, everyone, all of our questions come from our listeners via social media. We can be found on Twitter at PSJH and on Facebook under Providence St. Joseph Health. Use the hashtag TalkWithADoc for a chance to hear your questions on a future episode. Again, that's hashtag TalkWithADoc. And before we start, I want our listeners to know that the information provided during this program is for educational purposes only. You should always consult your healthcare provider if you have any questions regarding a medical condition or treatment. So let's get started by welcoming our expert today, Marianne Dunlap. Hello. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> it's nice to see you. We are so excited about this topic because the questions that came in varied from the most strange things we had seen to, well, of course, I thought that was just fact. Right. Yeah. So this is this is really, this is going to be good. This is going to be fun. <laughs> well, these questions range. So we are going to go ahead and start. We tried to categorize them, and one of them was nutrition-based. So we're mm-hmm. going to start with, are egg yolks bad for you? So not necessarily. Um, the ban has been lifted okay. on eggs. So okay. It used to be, I think, one egg per week, uh, one whole egg per mm-hmm. week was what was recommended. But now, you know, the recommendation is around two to six egg yolks per week. And so okay. that does seem like a kind of a broad range. I think what they're mostly basing it on is, um, you know, what's your cholesterol sure. currently? What is your general overall health? Do you have heart disease? Mm-hmm. Just those sorts of things. Um, and then you'll see some um, people who will just recommend no restrictions whatsoever um, because it doesn't seem to have a huge, huge impact on most people's cholesterol. So one theme you're going to see as we talk today is that there's a wide variety within sure. these myths. Some of them are definitely yes and no answers. Mm-hmm. Other ones, there's just a range. Well, it <laughs> uh, must depend on your health, too, your own personal health. Or, yeah. Right, and, and your health goals and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Eggs are really a great source of protein, and there's a lot of nutrients in the yolk. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, it, I, I think, you know, two to six egg yolks a week, not even an issue for most folks. Well, if I'm eating only the egg whites, then is there any limit on the egg whites? And am I missing out on all the nutritional value of the yolk? Well, there is some nutritional value in the yolk for sure. I think it's interesting. Some people prefer the egg white and mm-hmm. not the yolk. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think it's fine to, to go ahead and just go still with egg whites if you want. Okay. No problem. Um, but yeah, there, there definitely is some nutritional value within that yolk as well. Awesome. Well, this one I'm fascinated by too. Is apple cider vinegar really a cure-all? <laughs> no. <laughs> ah, but I hear it solves everything, yeah, including right? world peace. Uh, so the thing is, is there are some limited um, studies that do show some benefit potentially for blood sugar um stability so keeping okay. a, a nice blood sugar and that's really good because you know that that helps insulin not spike which mm-hmm. is really, really great um and also weight maintenance so oh, there really? might okay. yes yes okay i know so but the studies are very limited okay. um and the amount i can't tell you so i don't know the exact amount usually if you have apple cider vinegar it will kind of give you some directions sure. on the bottle um but yeah, it, there's some, there are some limited studies in those two, two items that m- there may be some benefit. What about bladder health? Because I read a lot about it for bladder health. No studies that have shown that to be really. really. Yeah, I know. Now, it's interesting. Again, everybody has, I, I was trying to look at high level stuff, Me you too. know, peer reviewed type studies, things that were actually, you know, 
what would be considered good mm -hmm. uh, studies. And there really wasn't anything in those studies. But, you know, Google, again, is is dangerous in oh, some sure. ways because you can kind of almost, if you have a theory, you can almost prove it Oh, you can either validate way. it either way, 100%. <laughs> right, yeah. right. But really, trying to look at that information, those were the only two things that I found um, that were validated at all. And, well, and about, even those um, were you know, a little bit weak. Yeah. But what about the mother, right? That's what we always well, hear. You have to in, have the mother. Well, and that's true because that's what's in the apple cider vinegar that distinguishes it from like white wine or red wine vinegar, sure. those sorts of things. It is this mother, <laughs> which I think contains like some prebiotics, probiotics, okay. uh, stuff like that. And I can't tell you the mechanism by which it is supposed to do the things sure, it does. Sure. But um, again, there is some limited evidence. And, and here's the thing. There's no evidence for harm. So I think that's a really oh, that's important thing. So yeah. when we're talking about all of these things, I think the idea is it may not be beneficial, but is it harmful? That's the other piece gotcha. that's really important. That and so valid, with this, yeah. there's other than um, the acid potentially uh, with enamel of mm -hmm. your teeth. So you may, if you do apple cider vinegar, you may want to rinse your mouth with some water sure. or just drink some water sure. after it. Um, and then for some folks, it may alleviate some like acid reflux, mm -hmm. but for other folks, it can exacerbate yeah. that. So those are the things to be careful about. Okay. Well, that's good information. Yeah. <laughs> what about coconut oil? Is it better for you than vegetable or canola oil? Yeah. So this one's a really good question, actually. So it appears to me that by my research, extra virgin olive oil is still the king or queen oh, okay. <laughs> of, of the oils. So it tends to do well burning at higher temperatures because what we worry about a lot is um, antioxidants or other um, caustic substances that are that occur when we when we cook with an oil at a high heat. So extra virgin olive oil seems to be a, a pretty good one that holds up to high heat. Um, virgin olive oil is the next and then coconut oil and okay. then canola and other vegetable oils. So that's kind of the the ladder there. Um, so really, um, olive oil still remains kind of the top of the, the bar for that. And, you know, um, it has a lot of antioxidants in it. That's where the difference between it and coconut oil came in, was that there was more antioxidants in the olive oil than there was in the coconut oh, okay. oil. Coconut oil does cook well sure. over at high heat. Yeah. What about for heart health or skin care? Because we hear a lot about coconut mm -hmm. oil for both of those. Um, I still think that the olive oil okay. was still um, found to be preferable. Okay. I, I can't tell you how much. I mean, like, sure, you know, sure. by degrees, but um, everything was still pointing towards olive oil as kind of, again, the top tier. It took the gold, so we'll go with that. It, it still does. <laughs> and for most, for most things, yeah, I was going to say, I didn't find anything where it wasn't pretty highly recommended as, as being the, even the Mediterranean diet, which most cardiologists right. are mm -hmm. into, really focuses on olive oil. Perfect. What about carrots and eyesight? Mm -hmm. And if mm -hmm. it is impactful to your eyesight, is beta carotene vitamin the same? Mm -hmm. So first thing, uh, carrots have vitamin A, and vitamin A converts to beta carotene. Okay. And so that's probably the helpful piece of the carrots. Uh, the issue, though, is carrots are helpful by providing the vitamin A for people who are deficient in vitamin gotcha. A. So I think this is a global perspective. We still have people, I think I read 250 to 500,000 people per year losing their eyesight from lack of vitamin A. And again, we're not wow. seeing that as much in the United States sure. as we may be in India, for right, instance. Right. So it's still a problem. Wow, it may not be a big us. number. And the thing about it is, is that if you have enough vitamin A, then 
carrots are kind of superfluous. It's just know. a nutritional value just, at that point, right? Right. It's just the the A that you get through your, your a normal healthy diet, and most of us in the states are going to have that. Um, but other countries still have issues with that, and we still do have people losing their eyesight due to lack of vitamin A in gotcha. their diet. Well, I'm guessing going to guess the next question is very similar then, because it's is bottled water better than tap water? Yeah. Can I back up for just a second to the sure. eye thing? Yeah. So the reason I want to follow this up is because there's also some other benefits um, through other supplements like lutein mm-hmm. um, for things like macular degeneration as people get older. So there are some eye vitamins. I don't want to give people the impression oh, that okay. I, I just want to make sure that people sure. understood that there are some eye vitamins that, or that are marketed for the eyes like Occuvite and things mm-hmm. like that, um, that you'll hear ophthalmologists recommending to some of their folks, particularly those that are older. Mm-hmm. Those um, may have some beta carotene in them, but they usually have some other items in there gotcha. like lutein and that sort of thing. And those can be helpful for different things like macular degeneration. But those are for if you already have a condition, basically. Correct. Or, or precursor yeah. to a condition. Right. So I just didn't want to sure, people no. have the idea that there are no supplements that are good for the eyes. There are some. But eating baby carrots might not be it. Correct. Correct. <laughs> for most folks, that's not going to improve your Perfect. eyesight or your night vision or things like that because we generally have enough. Gotcha. Uh, but we our, can still eat them if we like the taste. Right. 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 So I just wanted to make sure that that was no, clear No, that's too. good. Yeah. That's okay, good. Okay. So. I, okay, we're on oh, to yeah. water. Oh, yeah, back back to water then. Okay. So is is tap water or bottled water, which is better? And I guess it's going to vary on where you live probably. Yeah, so there, there are pockets, of course, um, uh, even the U.S., where they are recommending bottled water for some people. Flint. But those are very, Flint, yes, Michigan. Yeah, mm-hmm. Those are very specific areas. For most folks in the United States, tap water is fine. Good. Yeah, okay. and, and, of course, you know, there's the, the issue of um, – bottles and the, and, and the recycling the environmental perspective recycling. sure yeah, i think that's mm-hmm. a big deal honestly um and so if you do like filtered water i'm still going to recommend putting it in your own reusable right, bottle right, yeah. um but of course other countries are different too so um, follow the recommendations of any place you travel when it comes to bottled water and filtered water well, while we're still on water, yeah. is sparkling water bad yeah, for you? Yeah, this is a great one. So this one, I found out some information that I liked, and I think you'll like it as well. Okay. Because <laughs> I know you have a preference for sparkling, right? <laughs> I sure do. <laughs> yeah. Well, they found out that most people do. In, in the U.S., people like sparkling water a little bit better than still water. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does potentially have some health benefits. Yes. I know. I thought you were going to be so excited about this. So <laughs> um, it, it has a tendency to keep people fuller. So mm-hmm. they feel like they're, you know, that they, their stomach is fuller. So that may help with weight loss. Mm-hmm. Um, it may help with digestion, even things like constipation and okay. that sort of thing. So, so those are kind of nice benefits. Yeah. And there is no, no negative drawback. So it doesn't hurt my teeth. It doesn't hurt my stomach. Not enough okay. for it to be. I mean, there is some potential for some enamel loss, but you would have to drink just, I mean, massive quantities. Right. I think even more than you probably drink. <laughs> I do drink a lot, guys. Yeah, I really right? do. I drink a lot of sparkling water in a day. <laughs> I, I did hear you say that the other day. So, But yes, no, there's some benefits to sparkling water, so it is just fine. Okay, good to know. Um, what about energy drinks? Do they really give you more energy <laughs> than coffee? Uh, probably not. It... it it, it really is all about the caffeine mostly. Mm-hmm. Now, there are other things that are in some energy drinks like ginseng and taurine right, right. and B vitamins. And those things probably aren't adding much to the, um, to the energy component because your caffeine is way far overpowering everything. Sure. So it's the amount of caffeine you're, you're getting that really. So it's not necessarily more than coffee unless the amount of caffeine is much more than coffee. And sure. you really have to be cautious with these energy drinks sure. because you can get a lot of caffeine in a very small 
drink. Right? Yeah. It's very small. Well, and we've seen a lot of studies. We actually had a whole separate show on this. You guys go look for it. But we talked about the fact that kids are drinking energy shots so Ugh. much per day yeah. and it's actually hurting them. Yes, correct. Which does kind of go into a, another question I think that your read or your readers, your your listeners had. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was about does caffeine or coffee stunt the growth of right, youngsters? So right. I found that one very interesting too because um, I actually had to look that up because I thought now intuitively I'm going to say no. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but I need to double check that. And it doesn't stunt the growth, but there are a lot of risks, as you were just mentioning. And it's really the caffeine piece generally. Mm-hmm. Again, um, you know, just some cardiovascular stuff, anxiety, um, right. inability to sort of settle mm-hmm. and focus and those sorts Sleep of Sleep deprivation because exactly. of so much caffeine. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, 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 and in serious conditions, I think the heart stuff is kind of scary. You know, yeah. elevated blood pressure, elevated heart rate. You see that a lot with the, ener- with the energy drinks. Yeah. And dehydration, you know. Oh, Caffeine yeah. is a little diuretic, mm-hmm. you know. So you've got your kids in sports, right? right? So they need to drink a lot more water and a lot less of those sports drinks. So but let's pay attention to the young yeah. ones, for so, sure. So that was a really interesting question. So no, overall, it's not going to stunt your growth. Okay. But um, caffeine is to be is cautious for everybody and especially in the youngsters i think all right mm-hmm. well the next question is can i get mercury poisoning from tuna fish yeah so that's a good one i think everybody knows that um tuna has mercury in it and it's certainly not just tuna so there's mm-hmm. many fish that that do and some that have a lot more like uh shark actually yeah. some mackerel uh oh. swordfish so there's some things that they recommend you know not e- ever eating and that's that's some of the things that are recommended not to eat at all um Tuna can be eaten. Um, most sources say, now again, there's going to be some guidelines for the youngsters and for pregnant ladies, mm-hmm. so they're, they're right. a little bit different there. But for general healthy folks who are not pregnant or planning on getting pregnant, because again, it can okay. be store a little bit in your system. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. How so, long? I don't know. I was looking okay. at six months to a year. Wow. Yeah. I would have thought you were going to say six weeks. Well, okay. and, yeah. and I yeah. think, that, right. And I think it depends on how much you eat too. I sure. mean, really, it's like, how much are you really going to store? So mine's going to be two days. Yeah. <laughs> Because I, eat, no. I, was just saying, what, okay. I, I flush a lot with the water. I flush a lot okay, with the sparkling right, water. Right. So um, the recommendation generally is for canned tuna would be two six ounce servings per week. Okay. Um, That's a lot of if tuna. you're eating a tuna steak, for mm-hmm. instance, a fresh one, you probably want to limit it to one six ounce serving because it's going to be a little heavier. And then in your tunas, you have some uh, kind of um, hierarchy, I would say, mm-hmm. of tuna. So albacore is going to be your highest um, mercury content. Okay. And then just light tuna or skipjack tuna um, are going to be. Uh, lower mercury content so those you fish so you know what a skipjack i don't know what that is yeah it's just a type of tuna just like a, and okay. you know i don't know this for sure but i know they market it as being a little more sustainable so i don't know oh, if the okay. i just know that i've seen some that maybe the practice of catching it is a little you know eco-friendly yeah i, I don't know i can't speak to that for sure, sure. but but that would be nice yeah <laughs> you know if it's healthier and caught in a more sustainable way i'd be all for that all for that well we're going to take a quick break and when we come back we are going to continue the conversation of health myths around nutrition Good time. Slept in all my 
I closed like I didn't care. Hopped into a cab, take me anywhere. I'm in if you're down to get down tonight. Cause it's always a good time. Good morning and good night. I wake up at twelve. talk with the doc and we are taking your questions about health myths related to food and behaviors. So, uh, let's jump right back in. Is eating late at night going to make me fat? <laughs> I love that one. Oh my gosh. So many things a- can make you fat. All right. So this is another one that's a tough one because really overall calorie intake mm-hmm. is again, if we talked about olive oil being the king or queen, right. overall calorie intake is the big thing, right? So make it, for making you fat. Mm-hmm. Um, there is some evidence that what we tend to eat at night tends to be not the healthiest stuff. So that <laughs> that may be a problem. I can I can attest. Okay. Right. And during sleep time or when we're getting ready to sleep, our body is sort of shutting down a little bit. And, and so our metabolism may slow down and therefore we may not digest things as well. And so there may be a little bit of evidence that eating later is not the best for mm-hmm. you, but it probably overall isn't going to make you fat unless you're consuming over the amount of calories that you should have per day. Well, and some people 
not that it's healthy, but don't eat until the nighttime. So of course you would want them to eat versus not eating. Right. So that gets into some other interesting topics mm-hmm. that we, I know, have on here too yes. about fasting. Yes, and that sort fasting. Of well, let's talk about fasting. Yeah, is sure. intermittent fasting good? Is fasting a day a week mm-hmm. good? What, what's the deal there? So it's really interesting. That it's so funny because, um, you know, this kind of also feeds into the idea, should we eat breakfast? So that was right. another question mm-hmm. that listeners were wondering about. So the interesting thing there is you're going to see a variety of information on that. So when I was looking at, is eating breakfast important? You know, it, you know, breakfast is the most important important. meal of the day or at least that's what the bacon industry (laughs) tells us they tell us um and there is some evidence that it does get your metabolism up and rolling right again um it depends a little bit on what your goals are Mm -hmm. so if you're you know if your goal is to get your metabolism up and rolling and and you know you want the best energy throughout the day mind working really great breakfast is probably a good idea but now moving on to intermittent fasting Intermittent fasting is the idea of you fasting um, many hours per day. Right. Um, and I think, uh, you know, eight to 10 hours of eating window and then the rest fasting time has been shown to be actually not a bad thing. I do it myself. Yeah. And it's right? been really helpful for me. Overall, it's been thought that it just restricts your calories by restricting the calories <laughs> yes. to a certain time of day. But there yeah. have been, there's been some studies in rats particularly mm-hmm. that it may also help stabilize um, insulin and sugar Blood levels. Mm-hmm. Uh, so therefore decreasing the risk of diabetes, particularly in pre-diabetics. Um, not a lot of human studies though. So we we have to be careful about about that sure. um, but what they really found and this is the hardest part because I also do intermittent fasting the hardest thing though is they would ideally recommend that you start with eating breakfast and oh, as an intermittent faster because then hard. I can't eat later right. in the day <laughs> exactly so the idea would be to get the thermogenesis you know mm-hmm. the calories and the metabolism going early on and then stop your eating at say three or five gotcha. in the evening you know so maybe eat from eight to five I'm a 12 to eight girl yeah well most people are I mean, I'm not going to lie. Most people who yeah. intermittent fast, that's what they're going to do. Yeah. Um, because it is um, more comfortable, truly, I think. It is for me. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of t- times people ask, too, like, you know, is it bad to work out when you're fasting? Things like that. I think that's another interesting mm-hmm. topic. But generally, no, as long as you can, you know, you don't drop in your blood sugars and right. feeling weak and that sort of thing. Um, but intermittent fasting, not a bad idea. Ideally, if you could do the morning mm-hmm. and fast in the evening that would be best but any way that you do it where you tend to block in your calories to a eight to ten hour window tends to overall reduce your total caloric intake so for weight loss it may be helpful oh that's true because i hit that eight o'clock and i'm like oh i still want to eat i can't eat well i've hit my max calories anyway so yeah and so that's that's the thing if it's just like having a rule for yourself it is Mm -hmm. it is i like the refrigerators that lock after certain hours by the way mine does probably need one of them i'm not i'm not thrilled about it but i i mean there's the pros and cons i think the stairs that would lock you know so i can't go down there we go i I need even more than that (laughs) you know just put a barrier on my stairs so i can't go downstairs what about full day fasting because we got that Mm -hmm. question should i full day fast one day a week you could um Again, you want to be healthy to do this. Mm-hmm. And, and also, you probably should ask your individual provider if you're not really, truly overall healthy. So if you have diabetes, that's another condition in which you would really want to talk to your doctor, sure. particularly if you're taking insulin or any medication for diabetes. Um, there's really nothing wrong with full-day fasting once, once in a while. Um, is there a lot of benefit to it? I mean, it depends on who you talk to sure. again, but probably not massive benefits. 
Yeah, you know, again, the blood sugar Makes issues. Makes me more tend, cranky than anything. Right. Well, and that's the other thing is, is it sustainable? Right. For some people, they really like it. Most people didn't find fasting to be uh, sustainable ongoing. Yeah, they were kind of miserable. It's, yeah, it's not good for anybody to be around me. Right. <laughs> Um, what about this one? Does turkey, uh, eating turkey really make you tired? That's easy. No, okay. <laughs> no, many, many things have tryptophan in it, which mm-hmm. is what the turkey has. But again, our egg yolks have tryptophan in it. Oh, okay. And when you compare them, they, it, it's pretty equivalent to other things we eat on a regular basis. So it's probably more that Thanksgiving haze is really more about all the carbs and everything you're eating or it may or just be about just rela- relaxation. <laughs> it may just be about being, you know, in a relaxed environment, yeah. eating a nice meal and with your people. You know yeah, what I mean? I like Being it. With Warm your and cozy. Right? I like it. Well, what about chocolate? Does eating chocolate really cause acne? No. Um, okay. But excess sugars and fats can increase the stickiness of the oils that come out of oh, your pores. Okay. So it's not that chocolate does it, but chocolate does have quite the a bit sugar. of a fat content and sugar okay. content. So um, there may be something that well, people who eat a lot of chocolate mm-hmm. probably also may indulge in other, other fatty, mm-hmm. sugary mm-hmm. things. And that may be where the culprit lies with that because uh, dermatologists will tell you that some excess fat and sugar in the diet can can create that kind of oil that really blocks the pores more. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, speaking mostly of sugar, for mostly for acne prone people. Though, uh, yeah. If you're already prone, got it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Speaking of sugar, does sugar really make kids hyper? Oh, this is going to be everybody's going to hate this. Uh-oh. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody will disagree, mm-hmm. <laughs> guaranteed. Mm-hmm. I sat with a whole table of people and we were talking about these these actual questions and they were like, "No, absolutely, you're wrong. You are so wrong." But their studies don't show it. They they actually have done studies where they uh, give kids drinks and they don't they don't tell the kids anything about it the kids are just playing and they have drinks and one group gets um sugary drinks Uh, and the other one doesn't mm -hmm. and then they ask the parents to rate the children's behavior afterwards and the the parents tend to rate the children's behavior similarly for those that got you know like are they were they more hyper were they more active whatever for the kids that got uh, in fact they rated them higher in a couple of studies for kids that got no sugar Hmm. (laughs) so maybe sugar puts them to sleep Uh, who knows but you know there hasn't been any real links to sugar and so if there's any children listening they can tell their parents i can have all the sugar i want it doesn't make me hyper (laughs) no (laughs) (laughs) there's many other reasons not to eat sugar but hyper doesn't seem to be the one interesting (laughs) okay that's a good one i'm glad we asked yeah um this question says is yogurt a good source of probiotics it probably depends on the yogurt, right? Yeah. Um, Greek yogurt. I mean, mm-hmm. yogurt, yes. Um, but, you know, you want to choose your yogurt carefully. Um, the ones that are lower in fat and lower in sugar are probably the best. And I mean, yeah. probably lower in sugar is the most important thing. You know, we're moving away from the idea of lower fat items. Mm-hmm. But uh, Greek yogurt, you can get some pretty good, um, you know, naturally sort of low fat options there. And um, so Greek yogurt is probably one of the better sources of yogurt that has good probiotics in it, but also sauerkraut. You know, I know, okay, stop. I like sauerkraut. (laughs) Fermented foods, you know, fermented foods have prebiotics and probiotics, Mm -hmm. and they're supposed to be quite good for your tummy. You lost me fermented food. (laughs) Stop. (laughs) Some people really like that stuff. That is true. It's very true. And and it it is very actually quite good for you. So that has a lot of probiotics as a food in itself, yeah. Well, that begs the question, do I need to take a probiotic? Not really. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not also, again, it's going to go on that idea of 
does it harm you? Right. Probably not. People who have lowered immune systems for any reason, like they're doing chemotherapy mm -hmm. or they're taking an agent that lowers their immune system, should always talk to their doctor before taking a probiotic because there is the question of it could uh, create some uh, irritation and infection in folks with lowered right. immune systems. But for people who have normal immune systems, it's probably one of those things that if it feels better on your, your tummy feels better with it, that's fine. Um, is there a lot of benefit to it? I mean, there's a lot that goes on in our gut for sure. Oh, sure. But we mostly have a good biome in most of our in most of our guts by eating a healthy diet. Um, people can try one and see what they think. You know, see if it reduces any symptoms that they might be having of irritation in the belly. Makes sense. Yeah. What about multivitamins? Do I need to take a multivitamin every day? Nope. Nope. Oh, yeah, okay. so that one's pretty easy. Um, it's mostly studies in the U.S. show that multivitamin is really not necessary, um, particularly if you eat a nice berry we're diet. we're getting it from our regular diet. We do. As long as we're eating fairly healthy. Yeah, exactly. And, um, and balanced, And I again, if, if a provider says, you're taking this medication, and so I recommend this supplement, that's that's reasonable. Um, but, you know, like, for instance, D is recommended, vitamin D, for mm -hmm. most folks. But a multi, probably not. All right. Um do I really need to drink 10 glasses of water every day? <laughs> um, no. Water is an interesting thing. I, we get, you know, we get about 20% of our water through diet, mm -hmm. actually. Um, 10 glasses is probably a little much. Uh, six to eight is recommended. You can use other sources of fluid for that, although water is the best. Um, the recommendation is going to be based on your, you know, sort of your size and, and that sort of thing. Sure. Um, so I think a general good recommendation is six to eight. Um, you know, is something bad going to happen to you if you miss <laughs> your six glasses? No. Um, but I think that that would be, for your general overall good health, I think that six to eight glasses is probably a good uh, goal to, okay. look, to look towards. Perfect. Um, does vitamin C prevent or cure a cold? No. No, uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> As, you know, you're going to hear a lot of stories around that that people think it does. Um, and, you know, taking, you know, big supplements of it really helps to prevent. Um, but there hasn't been a lot of good studies that show that that is the case. Um, Can it again, harm you to take too much vitamin C? Um, I don't know. I'm going to say I don't actually know the full answer to that sure. question. Um, but I think... Um, it's a water-soluble vitamin, so it's going to mostly flush out. Uh, okay, um, so I don't sense. think it's going to be harmful per se, but I do feel like I've heard in the back of my head that there were some things that were associated with taking excess vitamin C that maybe weren't uh, great for you. I don't know if it was well, just probably those people drinking orange juice and getting all the <laughs> calories, right? Well, I see, and that's the thing. I can't remember exactly yeah. what it was. but uh, So I would say overall, you know, what you take in a multivitamin, um, if somebody recommends it to you that your trusted provider, um, that's okay. It's not going to hurt you, but mega doses of C, mm -hmm. I would not recommend to most folks, okay. you know, just Good these big know. mega doses. <laughs> well, what about cranberry juice? Can it really cure a kidney stone or a bladder infection? Um, not in, with any reliable, okay. uh, reliability. So, um, there is some limited evidence that prevention of UTIs or urinary tract infections, um, cranberry juice could potentially be helpful but again it's drinking that pure cranberry juice that most people are not drinking so right. we're getting some sort of cranberry juice cocktail we're talking about the pure solid cranberry juice that is actually kind of difficult to take yeah. because it's very tart mm -hmm. very very tart yeah. and it doesn't have a lot of sugar in it we, at least we don't want it to you know right. you can mix it with things but 
So maybe, don't put it with your vodka. <laughs> we're not recommending that <laughs> here. Um, but there's some evidence that maybe cranberry supplements in the in the form of capsules mm-hmm. and that sort of thing for people with recurrent UTIs. But again, it's a very very not great. There's not gotcha. great evidence. Not a lot of research on, out there. On, well, and and the research is not showing it to be very reliable Got for it. most folks. So I would not rely on that. I would say, again, if you have somebody that recommends it, um, you know, that's okay. Again, is it going to hurt you? No, but don't rely on it. If you think you have a UTI, go get see a doctor, doctor probably. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I would definitely recommend that. This is my favorite question of the day. Does cracking your knuckles give you arthritis? <laughs> Such a I good love one. this one. Uh, no, it doesn't. Not at all. Okay. Not at all. And it doesn't increase the size of your joints. Oh, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Okay. No. Wives' tale. Yep. All, okay. all a wives' tale. Interesting. Uh-huh. All right. Well, here's another one. Is gluten bad for us? No. So the big thing with gluten is it really doesn't provide any important nutrients. It's just kind of, uh-huh. it, it doesn't have any, it's not a nutrient-dense food, let's just say okay. that. Uh, so do we really need it? No, but it is in a lot of things, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, things that are made out of grains will have gluten in it. It's just kind of a byproduct there. Um, There there are people that have real intolerances to it, and those are folks that might develop mm, gas, bloating, stomach Mm -hmm. pain with it, but not severe, just an an annoyance. And then there's people with celiac who actually have um, an allergy to the gluten. And those folks really, really must avoid it because it will create uh, real problems with um, their digestion and their ability to absorb nutrients and that sort of thing. So they have to avoid it. But that's like 1% of the population, very, very low uh, percent that actually have that allergy. Um, if, if you want to avoid it, again, no, this is one of those no harm, no foul. Right. You know, if you, if you prefer a gluten-free diet, go for it. Um, but most folks can tolerate gluten. Well, last question then, and this is one of mine actually too, is do you starve a cold and feed a fever, vice versa, or does it really just not matter? <laughs> so it doesn't matter. Okay. Um, and that was something that actually came out, you know, I mean, these things have been around since like the 1500s, this right. whole thing. And it, and it and it does go both ways. You you Way back, they have had it both ways, you know, starve a cold, oh, feed okay. a fever, feed a cold, starve a fever. Um, and there really is no evidence. The best thing to do when you are sick is to rest drink a good amount of fluids because the fever is going to actually right. cause some dehydration potentially and then eat if you're hungry and but definitely drink definitely drink drink your fluids eat if you're hungry seems like a pretty i don't know we should live by that rule like eat when right? we're hungry not to eat oh. to eat but eat when we're hungry exactly i like it so you, you did you you missed one that oh, I'm, I have to tell you, I'm really interested in it. Okay. The 10,000 steps a day. Did yeah. you see that one? Okay. So I actually did some research on this and this is hilarious. Um, do you didn't see that one? I got it on mine. Anyway, it's just so funny. It was, um, so I found out that this was a, um, marketing tool for a Japanese pedometer company back in the sixties. No, that makes sense. Totally uh, so, makes sense. So if somebody asked that question, I, I was like, this is gr- a great question because it was kind of interesting to me. So apparently the 10,000 looks a little bit like a man walking. And so they used it in there. No, this is fun. <laughs> it was very interesting. So I thought we can, we'll, we'll end on this note. Sure. But I like basically, it. Basically, um, you know, it seems that at about 7,500 steps a day mm-hmm. is kind of your best uh, 
benefit. You still continue to have benefit after that, but that's kind of where the the, hmm. the big benefit happens is if you can get to 7,500. Okay, and okay. for older women who don't exercise regularly, 4,500 mm-hmm. steps is 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 great. Um, or and I guess men, it would it was a study that was done on women, so I shouldn't yeah. dis, you sure. know discount the men. It just happened to be done on women. So for older folks that don't exercise, it looks like 4,500 is a is a good goal. And for everybody else, 75 at least. But okay. there is no golden rule about 10,000. That's 000 so funny. I've always kind of wondered where it that came from. A, now we it know it was a marketing thing for this. 60s pedometer from Japan. (laughs) Good to know. Well, that was fascinating. I really like ending (laughs) on that one. Thank you so much, Marianne, for joining us and to everyone for listening and sending in your questions. We look forward to future topic with more experts from Providence. Make sure to follow us on social media at PSJH on Twitter and on Instagram and under Providence St. Joseph Health on Facebook. To learn more about our mission programs and services, visit future.psjhealth.org. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 